0: Hello and season's greetings. Welcome back to Flash Knockdown. It's our 13th and final episode of 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, joined as always by my colleague, producer Scott Hamilton. And here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. Two-weight world champion Terry Harper joins us to look ahead to some huge potential showdowns next year. Our resident MC, David Diamante, he's on the show to talk through some of the year's highlights from the best view in the house, Zelfa Barrett. Well, he's the final hope to dethrone Maxi Hughes on our dance partner's leaderboard. And the practitioner of artistic violence, Jordan Thompson, runs over the best things to happen in boxing last week. Don't go anywhere. Well, delighted to be joined by two-weight world champion Terry Harper. Terry, you're in the gym, you're on your way home from training. First of all, leading up to Christmas, how are you and, uh, and how's life?
1: Good, uh, I think I'm getting the cold for everyone's getting at a minute, uh, so hopefully it's shifted before Christmas. But yeah, other than that, I'm back in the gym. Christmas isn't quite cancelled because uh, obviously it's on a rest day, uh, so I get to enjoy it with family still and uh, don't have to go and train. Uh, can I enjoy Christmas dinner and probably a little bit of a pudding this year? <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got, got my last bit of so Christmas shopping to do tomorrow, uh, but yeah, other than that, was good, thank
0: you. Good stuff. One thing I do want to ask you on. Steffi put out a post yesterday talking about Cecilia Brake, who's obviously a legend of the game. What can you tell us about yeah. your perception and your perspective of this story and, and what it would mean to you to, to share the ring with her? Oh, it's a legacy fight. Um,
1: obviously, she's just someone who have, I could say she's an idol for me as well. And, um, like you said, she's been around the game for a long time and Shared the, shared the ring with some great female uh, fighters, so um, I can't. It was one of them where, like we've just seen she just had a comeback fight after a couple of years out, and uh, I said, so Andrew, I want to fight. Her. Like, from, like if there's no one to a fight for me at this weight, um, are they going to be a lot harder to make? I said, What point of waiting around? Let's. Uh, for me, I want to be fighting the best. And I said to Andrew, I said, I believe it was Sunday. I said, um, Have you seen? Uh, Cecilia's fight yet I said I want to fight her and um, and then he, so he, he had a look and stuff and then um, I believe ne- that next minute Cecilia's saying she 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 wants to fight me and uh, and I believe um, her management team has been in touch with Andrew uh, all last night, well early hours this morning and I feel like there's plenty more that can be made but there's a few people obviously uh, dragging their feet in the sand and making things a lot harder than what they really should be
0: well, that no doubt that'll be a, a tremendous fight. And credit to you, because what does that say, Terry, about your mindset to take on these types of challenges? Because when you take yourself back to, you know, the defeat against Alicia Baumgardner and, and how difficult that was for you at the time, the way you've built yourself back up, you've gone twenty-four pounds up in weight to become a two-weight world champion. What does it say about your mindset to, to take on all these challenges? Because it seems like you have no fear. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like this will when i first turned over you kind of feel invincible but you've got a, you've got belief and um that's something that i always struggle with that confidence and self-belief if, I, if, if someone told me like this year what would have happened this year after like last year in november i would i would i would tell them to shut up Like that would end the world for me after my fight against Lithium. that's the lowest point in in my boxing career in my in my whole life in my like personal life it's, like, I took that loss hard, and um, I feel like, for me, it shows me like the character that I don't give up, and I really feel like um, I've matured, and I've got a whole new look on life, an outlook and on it, and it's just like, everything's just been a massive 360 this year, and I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm enjoying boxing again, and that's, that's true. Down to a lot of factors like moving up weight and stuff. I got I got to the point where I wasn't enjoying being in camp and cutting. So like, I will quit People don't realise that I, I naturally walk around at ten stone twelve, and I'm cutting all them pounds like of stone and a half, I believe it is. Um, don't ask me Um To get to nine stone four, and that's what were reckless before. And then I know they was saying it was reckless me jumping up so many weights to fight her, but clearly it wasn't. Clearly it paid off. And now I'm walking around in a much more comfortable way. I'm fueled for possessions and and I'm just enjoying the journey again. And I felt back in love with boxing, and it's not a chore. So uh, for me, it's been it's, this year's been the best best year in opening my eyes in in many ways.
0: No, it's so good to see you, Terry not only comfortable at the weight and in the ring, but also happy and smiling again in life. And we're all very yeah. much behind you on this journey, of course. One uh, Thank you. one person I do want to ask you about is. Your old friend Natasha Jonas, we're recording this podcast yeah. uh, at, at the office of Draw, of course. That fight, can it happen in your eyes? Obviously, there's a few things to sort out, promotional side of things and broadcasters, but above it, if the Breakhouse fight is the, is the second choice, is Natasha fight for all the marbles the, the first choice for you? Yeah, that's, that should be
1: every, every fighter's uh, goal to be undisputed. And I just don't understand why Natasha will go and collect every other belt and not push on to want to have the big undisputed fight and it just makes no sense and obviously there's history and i don't know what's gone off behind the scenes or who said what but um all i know is the the fight with tash it resulted in a draw i didn't make that decision the judges made that that decision and um I, I signed. I then went to have a meeting with Eddie after that, and I signed another contract where the Tasha rematch fight was was in there. So I signed a contract saying I'm to fight Tash, um, and so God knows what happened. I don't. I think either money's, then they weren't happy with. She's uh, saying that she's not Tasha won't fight me uh, while Andrew was managing me because she's got to be in a bonnet about him. But that that's just boxing. That that's what happens. Obviously, you get a bit of smack talk and stuff. It builds fights, but. I don't know. Um, I, I, I really feel like that's one of the biggest uh, female British fights, uh, domestic fights that could happen. And um, it'd be a sh- it, it honestly, me looking in as a fan, it would be a shame for that fight to not happen. But um, obviously, like I said, I can't make Tash make any decisions. And uh, I said to Andrew, I'm not sitting around begging for a fight. That's why we've moved on. That's why we're looking for the next big fight that we can have. And uh, hopefully, one day cash will come to a senses and, and, and have, make the fight happen. But if not, I'm going to move on with my own career and uh, create my own legacy and create my own little bit of history.
0: Well, no doubt next year, Terry, it's also important to be active. What's on the agenda for you in terms of when we might see you back out in, in 2023?
1: Yeah, so I'm back in, tra- back in training now and um, early return. February time, um, we've been told. Uh, yeah, I, I probably want a busier year. Uh, I only have two fights uh, this year, uh, early early March, and then obviously September. But I, I guess it allowed me to have um, a bit of time off and enjoy a bit of family time as well. So, um, so I'm grateful for that. But I'm really ready to knuckle down and crack on with my career because that's it for now. I want I want the big fights and um, I want I want the I want the big paydays that are going to uh, be around the bush. Yeah.
0: Well, Terry, it's always great to have you on. It's always great to catch up. Bye. Have a lovely Christmas. Yeah. And uh, we look forward well. to seeing you in some in some massive, massive fights next year. But thanks for your time and, and we'll see Bye. you soon. Well, Scott, we've done it. We're at the end of the year. I know over the last couple of weeks we've been sort of counting down to this, winding down. But we are here. This is a bonus episode this week. We've done the 12 rounds, 12 episodes. I think we thought we'd probably get cancelled after one or two. So I think we've done all right, don't you think?
2: Yeah, Jordan Gillesque off the yeah off the canvas been DDTed and then rallied and and sparked him out. Uh, no, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. It's um, been a little bit different. You know, I don't think we would have necessarily thought we would have been doing a podcast this time last year, but um, not with the guests we've had as well. We were speaking about this the other day, weren't we? Just candidly um, well. on the, on WhatsApp. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been epic. And actually, do we need just to maybe look at this podcast and revamp it somewhat for next year? You know, um, things like dance partners, you'll start to to get some of the boxers, we'll get wind that we're getting them on to do dance partners and we'll probably start cheating, things like that. Well, I think
0: we need to start filming it. I think people want to see you, Producer Scott. The thing you don't know about Producer Scott is he's very um, under the radar. It's almost like he wears an invisibility cloak. I think I've joked a few times on the podcast about Scott always wearing a coat. I think he switches something on that makes him invisible. Not one for the public eye, necessarily. But saying that, that. saying that, I feel like you do it, you do like it, really. Because I remember when... (laughs) John Ryder and Eddie were on Facetime, and I didn't know it was filming. Talking, oh yeah, Mate, I did it, not know I'm going to tell the listeners filmed. this little story. We're talking about the uh, Eddie was on Facetime to John talking about the Canelo fight. Scott has passed Eddie the phone, and then when he's watching it to put it on YouTube, he goes, "Oh, oh, I didn't know I was in shot, and the camera was right on him." So I, I don't for
2: one second
0: I, believe that you didn't know. you I'd swear
2: shot. on any member of my family's no. life. I thought no, because the cameraman spun the camera around, right? <laughs> so I, I didn't. I was, bearing in mind it's my phone, so I was quite, uh, I'm quite protective of my phone, I'm not going to lie, as we yep. probably all are, so Eddie obviously had my phone, and I was listening to the conversation, and the next thing I knew, when I saw the still, Front
0: story. and centre, he's yeah. on the thumbnail, he put himself on the thumbnail. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Scott to and Eddie Herm react. Where's where's this gone, I forgot about that, no,
2: <laughs> the bottom answer is this has not been filmed.
0: But we've got some, um, some good bits of content coming over, obviously, it's always a bit of a difficult time, I think anyone who works in boxing promotional or sport or social media, it's always a difficult time. And it's important in terms of having content ready to roll out that's pre-banked. I did a 45-minute a interview with Eddie last week where we basically went through every show. Talk, not talked about every fight, but big, big talking points from those shows. And I think Eddie enjoyed it. Uh, I think I might have mentioned this last week because I think Eddie said, look, this is a good sit-down because it, it reminds me of everything we, we've done this year. So I think it was good for his, uh, his ego a little bit,
2: popping his chest. I think it's good to reflect as well, because sometimes, especially in the nature of this business, it does roll pretty quick and you can forget things very quickly. So yeah, I'll I'll look forward to it. I've not seen that yet. I'm looking forward to to watching that. You mentioned about other bits and pieces that we've got. By the time this pod would have gone out, Unscripted was filmed. Um, You may recall we'd done it two years ago. We had Coley, Tom Davis. Joe Weller was on. Joe Weller. Wiley. Wiley, yeah. He flew over from Cyprus to appear. That is the draw of Unscripted. Unscripted. So yeah, we've gone for episode two. Obviously, we had COVID, which was uh, a bit of a blocker for bringing people around a table, and felt it was the the right time to do it. So the guests uh, were Mike Costello, Tom Sellers, J K, and Ebony Bridges. Yeah, and Eddie Hearn, of course. Of course, <laughs> So we got that um, and well, the
0: quiz, Punches Chance. Yeah, um, a quiz hosted by David Alawker. I'm just trying to think who was on each team. I believe Ellie Scottney, Robbie Davis, and Darren Barker made up the blue team, and in the in the red corner, captained by. IFLs Coo and Cassius with Joe Cordina and Johnny Fisher, so that was that was good fun. Yeah, talk to us about
2: it. I obviously wasn't there. I've obviously done a lot of prep work in terms of the design and the actual quiz itself, but uh, I've only seen the edit. So, what was it like being in and around the room? Was it was it good? Was it funny? Like, talk to us about it. It was
0: fun. Well, Darren Barker, he kept looking at me. I was behind one of the cameras. Darren just kept looking at me as if to give him a wink or a nudge about (laughs) when he it's a crafty crafty bugger or or Darren um, about answers and I was keeping an eye on him looking under the desk and thought he was looking at his phone a few times so I think we might have to get VAR VAR out but also one thing I will say about the quiz Flash Knockdown does get a shout out this podcast yes you're right it does and it's in a a moment of sheer drama so brace yourself brace yourself for that and keep an eye out for that
2: yeah I think it's dropping next week in between Christmas and New Year, so we will put it out on our socials as and when.
0: And as for the year review with Eddie, we're looking at the 28th of December uh, for that one as well. So hopefully you'll all enjoy that when that comes out. Also, the, the 12 Days of Christmas giveaway, I wasn't really too aware of this until I started seeing it pop on up. my Instagram stories. Yeah. But some good gifts. Have you have you got permission for a few of these? Nah, gone rogue.
2: just uh, gone rogue. So yeah, something myself and uh, Josh, who's a new member of the Matchroom team, have been working on for a couple of weeks now, to be fair. 12 Days of Christmas finishes on Christmas Eve. I have thought, I must admit, the traditional 12 Days of Christmas started on Boxing Day and rolls through till Jan, but I was overruled on that one by the powers that be. And yeah, we've, we've done it. We've had, uh, well, had? we've had a, a VIP ticket giveaway. We've had a training session with Tony Sims. Some gloves, custom worn gloves. gloves yep. And worn gloves. Yep. Uh, some custom gloves from Rivals. Um, a mystery box is something we introduced today. So... We've been rummaging around the office, seeing what memorabilia we can throw in. There's some good bits in there, to be fair. Um, but we'll see who, uh, who wins that one, and we'll, uh, we'll come back in the new year and, and finish off that mystery box, because there's a few things I've got in mind as well.
0: I've heard a few rumours about what the last one might be. Safe to say you could have saved the best till last. I mean, it's no secret we're heading back to the Middle East, to Abu
2: Dhabi. What well, can you tell us, Scott? Anything in giveaway? Yeah, let's do a little exclusive here. So day 12 of our giveaway is a package trip. To Abu Dhabi for our next fight night, which will be at some point in Q1, Q2, 2023. So flights, your hotel, your fight tickets. I'm sure there'll be some other little bits and bobs we can throw oh, in the I mix do. as well. Uh, we had a little launch party last time, didn't we? So we can, uh, yeah, we can sort of spruce up a bit. But yeah, great, uh, great prize for uh, for someone and a mate or a loved one to attend.
0: The darts always takes over around the Christmas period. I believe I'm actually going to Alexandra Palace just after Christmas. I've never been, only, only for the boxing. Uh, John Ryder, Danny Jacobs the only time I've been to Ali Pali. So have you been? Is it is it worth it? I've been as a paid punter. You know what, I've only been... Paid? I've you paid. Need to, you need to buy the darts boys a beer, mate. I,
2: I, um, I used to go to the darts quite a lot back in the day. I travelled over to Germany for the World Cup of Darts. I've been to Gibraltar. I've been to Ali Pali. Um, I was just trying to think, actually, in this job. I definitely went once with work when Dillian White done the walkout. Don't remember that. Ironically, this time whenever he boxed Chizora, what was that, four years ago? Five years ago? Four years ago. Yeah, we've done a little skit there a couple of days before the Today, fight. Today, right? Today. You're right. On this day, yes. So it would have been a couple of days earlier than this We went to Ali Pali and Dillian done his ring walk with the uh, back in black and done the sort of darts player ring walk. I think he might have launched three darts, I could be wrong there, but he certainly done the ring walk. Um, that's probably the only time I've been uh, under the matrim banner, but yeah, look, if you're if you're not a Darts fan and you're at a bit of a loose end over the next week or so, definitely whack on the arrows. It's uh, it's drama. It's very exciting. And if you're going like you are, Jamie, a good night out as well. Um,
0: just talking about what's coming up as well, obviously two new signings to announce. Aaron Bowen, who was a Commonwealth Games semi-finalist from the summer. Uh, vast amateur experience, vast amateur accolade. He joins the matchroom team as well as... Muhammad Ali, which I think he's got lots of to name. Yeah, no pressure, mate. I think at the end of my sit-down interview with him when he first signed, I said, "Well, welcome to the Matram team, Muhammad Ali." That's something I've never thought I'd be saying on camera, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he must get it all the time. And I spoke to Dave Coldwell about it, and he said, "Look, he's already got a massive target on his back because as soon as people see that name, it it." pumps them up you know they want to beat someone called Muhammad Ali even though on the face of it it's just a name and that might seem like a little bit of a gimmick but Dave said you know that he's in the sport to create his own legacy and he's a a really talented fighter he's only 18 believe he's campaigning around bantamweight I know there was a few questions on that so we'll have great in-house sparring with Stephen Cairns and and Hopi Price in the Coldwell gym but he uh from what Dave is saying who's a a very good astute boxing man we've got a, a good prospect to look forward to working with
2: yeah on top of a good prospect uh, a very nice young man as well we had the, the privilege of meeting some of his family when he come in for the for sort of photo shoot and, and interview so yeah he seems well grounded under under a great coach and Dave like you say he'll keep him you know level headed which I think is important especially at 18 he's you know, 18, He's, he's yeah, very, young. very young he's very young and I also believe he hasn't boxed a lot as well in the last couple of years he's been fairly inactive for, for one reason or another so might be one we maybe have to take you know a bit slower and play the long game with um, but Bowen on the other hand I, I can't think of the, the guy's name boxed in the uh, the Commonwealths, but he had an a- absolute tear up and it went viral uh, and no doubt that caught the eye of uh, our team and would have been one of the reasons to sign him up. Building a nice little niche in, in Birmingham um, now when you think about the FI's Bowen and I'm missing someone else as well from that. Salt name. Acres. Soldaker, Sandy Ryan so you know maybe big time boxing is not far away coming back from Birmingham it's been a while. Sandy Ryan, she's not from Derby. Yeah, nearby. <laughs> nearby, she can throw her in. Um,
0: but yeah, look, so much to look forward to next year, not just the, the prospects, all the big names in action next year, no doubt. Stay tuned across all our socials for all the content we mentioned at the top of this chat, dropping very soon. And yeah, here's to a big year. We move on now to our "Everyone But the Fighter" segment, the part of the show where we do just that. Pay focus to everyone but the fighter. Let me hand you back over to producer
2: Scott, who's going to tell us who we're speaking with this week. Well, we spoke last week, Jamie, didn't we? That the uh, the net is narrowing somewhat on the different roles in boxing. There is still a few to tick off, which we'll save for series two, if you want to call it that, next year. But today, we're going to bring it a bit closer to home and speak with our very own David Diamante on the master of ceremony role.
0: Well, what a pleasure it is to have Mr. David Diamante on the podcast. I just said to you, Dave, off air that we've saved the best till last. One thing I want to ask you about your catchphrase, the fight starts now. When and where did this make its introduction? Is this a relatively relatively new one?
3: That's a good question. And actually, it's a little bit hard to
0: pinpoint.
3: I mean, I've been saying it for a lot of years. I've been saying it for a lot of years, so it's not new. I used to say, I used to have different catchphrases. Like I've tried kind of different things. I think I used to say, it's now time to witness the sweet science of knockoutology. Like I said, different things. But the fight starts now, it, it kind of just, I thought it really encapsulates like the excitement of the moment. It's like, we're all waiting for the fight and it's not, we're not getting ready for it. It's like, it's now, like it's imminent. It's now, it's happening now. Because we've all been waiting, right? There's the, the, the talk of the fight, then the fight gets signed, and there's the press conferences, and everyone's, you know, the social media, the back and forth, whatever, whatever. And I'm obviously talking about generic, you know, type of what, how fights go down these days. But we all get so excited for the fight. And then it's fight night. And you get your buddies together, and you get the tickets, and you get to the venue, or, you know, you're in front of your TV, whatever, however it is that you consume this wonderful product. You know, we're, we're sitting down and we're really, we're waiting for that fight. And there's all this stuff that leads up to it. And then even the, the undercards. But now it's time for the main event. And it's like, you know, the fight starts now. It's just, I don't know, it really gets me hyped. And if I don't, if I don't believe it, then how can I expect you to believe it? I believe it. I get, I get excited. So when you see me up there with pumping my fist and, and making a crazy face, like I'm really excited to see the fight.
0: No, one hundred percent. It always gets us going, and it's always that that moment, like you say, when you know the main event is about to start. In terms of your your peers, I would say or, of other MCs, uh, obviously having a catchphrase, I suppose, is so important, isn't it, for your image and your identity? Are there any other one-liners from other MCs that that you like? I presume you you respect everyone else in your craft.
3: Yeah, I, I think to me, I think what's nice is when it, it doesn't seem forced. You know, it's got to be kind of like it. it kind of has to be that that like natural buildup for me. Obviously, you know, Michael Buffer has his "Let's get ready to rumble." It, Jimmy Lennon has his "It's Showtime." I'm doing the fight starts now. It's to me, it kind of hits this. It's it's when it hits that point, and um, I think those three are probably my favorite. I don't think Jimmy owns "It's Showtime" though, because he only does that for Showtime. Um, when he does other fights, he just does not time for the main event, and it doesn't seem to have the same. It doesn't. It doesn't hit as hard um, as its showtime.
0: We were just talking about as well, David, myself, and Scott about how busy this year has been. But I don't think anyone's probably been as busy as you have. I mean, you, you are, you're at uh, what 99? I'd like to say percent of the shows this year. Do you know a, a figure? I know Frank Smith often calculates how many. Nights he spent in hotels. Do you know how much time you've spent away from home this year? If you were to look back,
3: I don't. But I will say this. Um, yeah, I've only missed a couple shows. I mean, at the beginning when I had my fractured spine. <laughs> I mean, by the way, this is the week. It's been one year since my accident. Oh wow! Um, so wow. yeah. So yeah. So two days ago was the accident. Yesterday would have been the, my surgery. So today was my first day out of surgery uh, a year ago. So I missed those first couple of shows. Um, And then there was a logistical thing with Australia. So I didn't do that one. And those are the only ones I didn't do out of the whole year. Obviously, Matchroom were global. So we've got a team in Italy and a team in Spain and a team in America. We have certain people on the ground in Mexico. A lot of the shows, like certain people will do, but not everyone. But, you know, usually Frank, Eddie and myself do most of the shows.
0: In terms of the venues you've worked in, Dave. You are talking about the fight starts now and, and how that gets you going in, in different arenas around the world. You're talking just there about how much traveling you've done. This year, do you have a distinct memory of perhaps the best atmosphere that you've operated in, in an arena that, uh, in 2022?
3: You know, it's it's incredible because it kind of gets me with these, these like best of lists. They're very difficult, right? Um, because everything's somewhat different and there are things that stand out for sure. I mean, look. There's no doubt. I think to me, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, with the Garden, it, it was it was almost spiritual. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like over. I'm not trying to like you know, go over the top here. But it, it really was like it was different. Like it was sold out. It was packed. It was the best in the world versus the best in the world. It was uh, Ireland versus Puerto Rico. Two incredible boxing. Uh, Uh, nations and fan bases. I mean, it was so spirited. It was, it was just, it was on another level. And I think that that's going to be really hard to top for any event, any event, anyone that was there that felt that I think it's unrivaled, but we talk about Wood Conlon. Unbelievable. When, when Cordina knocked out Ogawa in Wales, I mean, it was, it was, There were straight scenes, you know, just, just two weeks ago in Leeds. Now, obviously there was heartbreak on both sides, but at the same time, I I was, I feel like my feet didn't touch the floor. I was floating. I was buzzing that whole night. It felt magic. I remember seeing you Jamie, back there and I I was feeling, I felt magic in the air. You know, it was the world cup. The the place was just to the rafters with, with fans. And I just was, the possibilities were so exciting. You know, anyone could win this. Josh is going to retain, you know, it's going to be going into the, the holiday season. It, it was a magical night. And those are just a few. I mean, we talk about the fights taking place in a bull ring in Mexico City. I mean, the the atmosphere, Canelo, you know, the Canelo fights uh, in Vegas, <clears throat> unbelievable. There were so many great fights. I mean, when when Scardina fought the Careless uh, in Milan, I mean he lost, but man, what a scene that was! You know, Loharaga versus uh, uh, Kid Shamrock. You know, JJ Metcalf and Bill Bow. I mean, unbelievable that the fan base in Bill Bow, you know, and for their guy Kermen Haraga, it was unreal. So there's been so many amazing fights uh, in in 2022. And the fans all over the world are just unreal. It's um, Man, it's just been great. It's just been great. It's hard to pick one, but if I did, it it would have to be Taylor Serrano.
0: No, 100% echo those thoughts. And you, and you used the word spiritual to describe that night in MSG. I don't think you're far off there. You also mentioned Wood Conlon. That's a lot of people's picks for for fight of the year. I believe it won the ESPN male fight of the year for, for 2022. But given the nature of how that fight Ended, David, the nature of the conclusion and Mick Conlon was in quite bad shape. And, you know, we, we see that in boxing and sometimes it is a an unfortunate reminder of the dangers of the sport, of the sport we operate in and the sport we all love. Is that for you the, the hardest part of the job? Those type of moments where there is that, that horrible sense of, of uncertainty around a fighter's safety?
3: There's not even a question. There's not even a question. I, I, I love this sport with all every fiber of my being but um, I hate seeing people get hurt, you know, um, and people might think, well, that's a strange, uh, you know, that, that doesn't just a little cognitive dissonance there. Well, that doesn't make sense. Right. You know, they, they call boxing the hurt business. Listen, I, I understand that people are going to get hurt, but people get hurt in any sport. People, people get hurt driving their cars. Right. I mean, the, the, you know, driving cars is, is, you know, look at me last year on my motorcycle. There, there are certain activities that, that have uh, inherent danger. and I think. There's no doubt uh, we, we would be foolhardy to say boxing is not one of those, but that is not why I watch the sport. It's not, uh, I, I think it adds a, a level of, of danger and excitement that I think takes it up a notch to other sports, but uh, I absolutely hate seeing people get hurt. And you're, you're really right. When Conlon went down, uh, it was an incredible moment of course, but it, it, it was terrifying. And I was really worried. I mean, I, I, there was no celebration at all. None. None. And, and it was just, oh my God, I hope he's okay. Once we knew he was okay, then we were like, oh my God, that was an incredible fight. I think that the Wood Conlon is 100% up there. I, I'm not saying it is the fight of the year. I'm not the guy that gets to decide that, but I'll tell you, it's definitely one of them because it, a, a fight of the year has to have ebbs and flows and both guys get hurt. And it's got to have these elements of surprise and comeback. And, and it had all that. And also, you know, I talked about Taylor Serrano, which, again, that's also up there for Fight of the Year because anyone that witnessed that fight, and I think it was at was it round five that was just, I mean, we all thought Katie was done. I mean, any, anyone with a, a set of eyes and a brain could see that, that Katie it, Katie looked in deep, deep trouble, deep, deep trouble. And she dug deep and she made the adjustment. And, oh, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, Katie Taylor, watching what this woman does, she is so special. It, 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 people really need to give her her credit and her due. I think she just won a, a, a sports person of the year uh, for RTE Sport, I think. I retweeted it the other day because I saw that. and She's a really special athlete, and she's such a humble, uh, beautiful person. Uh, I always support Katie Taylor. I, I, I just love what she does. And... She digs deep. She finds a way. She's a winner. And I love that. I love her for that. But the, the Wood Conlon, you know, when I was talking about Taylor Serrano with the Irish and the, and the Puerto Rican, you know, having people from Nottingham supporting Lee Wood and, and having people from Belfast supporting uh, Mick Conlon. I mean, and two guys that I absolutely I love both of those guys. You know, they're great guys. Like, you know, people that don't know Lee Wood's story, he was almost out of the sport. And all of a sudden he comes back and he wins the world title. You know, it was a regular title. Now they've they, they put him up to the, to the super title, whatever. But, Jamie, I know I'm going on, but it was a special night.
0: No, no, certainly uh, echo those thoughts, as I said. And great to see you back on your feet, Dave, uh, a year on. You certainly made uh, some, some great progress, and that's brilliant to see. One thing I do want to ask you about is your voice. You're talking about looking after your body. Surely the voice, the vocal cords probably the most important part uh, to look after I suppose I was out uh, with you in Abu Dhabi and I know you had a really sore throat and those who watched the show that night will probably have noticed in your voice that it was probably a bit more difficult for you to force out that final the fight starts now but when you're looking after yourself what is there anything you do is there exercises is there remedies what do you do to usually uh, to keep the voice firing at 100% Well, I think
3: the most important thing that it's not, I don't single out the voice. It's really about the whole picture of, of your body and also your mind. It's really important for me to stay healthy on the road. And that's for my back. Now, remember, I'm doing that all during physical therapy for my spine. So I take vitamins. I try to eat healthy. I I do uh, exercises and, you know, I do probably the worst thing I could do for my voice, which is smoke cigars. You guys see me smoke cigars, but I love my cigars. They're kind of my, um, it's just my thing. You know, I I don't drink, I don't do drugs, but I love cigars.
0: One question I do want to ask you, Dave, is I don't think people realize, you know, you're talking about you've been at all these great fights, but you're not just there, you're inches from the ring. You have the best seat in the house. You sat virtually next to to the steps on, on the ring apron. When you're watching a fight, how does a fight tend to play out through your eyes are you nervous can you enjoy it because i guess you're always sort of thinking about the end of the fight right and, and you when you have to get in the ring and and, and read out the scorecards or, or say what's happened no 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 I, so that's a it's
3: a very good question no no no. i'm not nervous at all um it, you know it's funny i went to a fight last night here in new york and by the way i saw half the matchroom team there it was great so an old friend of mine thomas hauser the great writer. Uh, He called me up and and he invited me out to the fights and I said, yeah, I'll come out. He's like, I want to write an article uh, about you and uh, I'll do the article about us going to the fight. I said, yeah, I'll come out. So I met, I met Thomas, who's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. And if you guys don't read Thomas Hauser, you should, Uh, one of the the greatest uh, boxing writers um, of our generation. And and he just was uh, inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame, uh, rightly so. But anyway. So I go out to meet Hauser, and I walk into the, to the venue in times square and I see half of the U S matchroom team. I'm like, Oh, what's up guys. And it was great. I had a great time last night, but Thomas asked me this question. He said, how is it different when you watch a fight, when you're not working compared to when you are working to answer your question, Jamie. And, um, you know, it's very different, but I do have to say as far as watching the fight. No, when, when I'm, when I'm ringside working, watching a fight, I am completely immersed in watching the fight. Um, especially if it's, if it's, uh, you know, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't want to fleece the listeners. Not every fight is great. I mean, some fights stink to join out. There's no doubt. Um, some fights I find quite boring. So if it's, if it's not an exciting fight, then, you know, I'm not going to be too captivated, but if it's, if it's an exciting fight, um, Oh yeah, I'm all in.
0: You know, sometimes everything's taken out of your hands. I guess with technical difficulties, it's on, that's the world we work in, right? Mistakes do happen. I believe there was some sort of thing on the the scorecards for the Josh Warrington fight where they were perhaps filled in slightly incorrectly. You might be able to give a bit more detail on that. But what happens when you're in that type of situation? The cameras are on. And it is very high pressured for, for those 30 seconds or so that you are speaking. Um, what do you do when those type of situations do arise and, and how do you keep yourself composed?
3: You know, these are great questions, Jamie. I, and and that's, I, I love that you pick up these nuances. I don't know if a lot of people knew about that or saw that. Um, and that's happened several times in my career. Sometimes we're going to make mistakes. That, that happens to everyone. And I would never want to throw any commission under the bus and say, oh, they made a mistake this, that and the third, but the scorecard was filled out incorrectly. And, and when I looked at it, I immediately knew it and I wasn't going to read something incorrect uh, on worldwide TV. Um, It's just not, it's not, it's not the way to do it. So um, what I did was I I called the head of the, uh, the, the the steward in charge of the British boxing board of control over. And I just pointed out, I said, this is, this is, this is not correct. And they looked at it and they realized, oh, you're right. And then, they just made the change, and then we went ahead and proceeded. Um, I had this happen one time. I'm not going to say the commission. It was an ESPN fight. It was a very big fight. This was years ago, and it was wrong. And I read the, I, I read it in my – before I read it out loud on the TV, I read it myself. I looked at it, and I said, this this is incorrect. So I called over the head of commission, and I said, hey, I think these are still wrong. And they were quite belligerent. No, no, they're not. "No," I said, no, no, I, please take a look. No, no, no. I said, please. I need you to take a look at that. They looked. They were. Oh. Oh man. Oh yeah. And they, and then they, they changed it. So when I got on air, I, I read it correctly. But you know these are the type of things. Um, it's important to double and triple check, especially when when you're on this type of platform. Um, you have to read and you have to use your brain. You know, reading doesn't just mean reading the, the characters on, on the screen or on the paper. It means actually ingesting it and knowing what you're knowing what you're reading. Um, and so, yeah, that's I, I, I love that you picked that up, but uh, I'm not going to read something incorrect. There's just no way.
0: Well, David, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Um, wish you a very Merry Christmas with all your family. No doubt we'll be seeing you very soon and quite a lot of 2023. I think i probably see you more than I see my own parents these days. So it's, uh, it's always great to catch up and we look forward to seeing you very soon. Have a good rest.
3: Jamie, I appreciate it. I just want to say, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and Scott. And, you know, working with you and Scott uh, is, is one of the highlights uh, of being on this team because you guys are integral parts of it. Top man. Look
0: forward to it, Dave. Speak soon. Well, it is that time of the show once again. Dance partners. On the face of it, it is quite simple, but let's see if that continues to be the case this week. We speak to a fighter who has had 20 or more fights in their professional career. They then get 30 seconds to name as many of their opponents as they can. As the weeks go on, we'll formulate a leaderboard and the winner will receive a donation to give to a charity of their choice. Now, who could we get on this week? Was the question? We wanted an all-round nice bloke as always and someone who we truly believe in. To dethrone Maxi Hughes, who has just been messaging me and messaging me every single day. This is the last hurrah, the last hurdle, the last opportunity to dethrone the Cinderella man. And who have we got? It's Zelfa Barrett. Well, Zelfa, thanks for coming on, mate. It wasn't too long ago that you came so, so close to landing the IBF World Super Featherweight title in Abu Dhabi. When you look back now, you've had a little bit of time... To process it, can you tell the fans what happened in that ninth round and, and how you look back on the whole occasion now?
4: So, um, you know, I had, I had what five and out half, week, half weeks' notice. You know, um, got the call to fight for the world title. So, I thought, yeah, why not, man? I'm, I live in the gym. You know, um, I live pre boxing, so we took the opportunity. And um, you know, as everybody's seen, I win in the fight, and I believe I, I believe I lost one round. Um, put him down. He was. Behind in the scorecards, and at the end of round eight, we both hit each other, and then and the bell went, and we both stared each other, I turned around, and I just felt like air, just like leave my head. It was, it was like a mad feeling. Didn't think nothing of it. When I sat down, my um, my right leg was gone. I said "Yo, my leg's gone, my right leg." He said, "Forget, it. you're going to be a world champ. Three three rounds left. Keep doing what you're doing." So as I stood up to enter the, to enter the ninth round, I, I just I just, it was the slowest get-up in the world, and I thought, wow, this is not right. It felt like, it felt like topsy turvy really. So I come out, I try to get a little bounce in, in my step. I just couldn't bounce. And every time I was kind of like, walked, so I was moving towards my right. And I burst my adrum, perforated my adrum. So, you know, it just—it affected my whole balance on my right side. And, you know, um, I couldn't even throw really properly. If he stood in front of me, he could, I, I could throw, but I really couldn't throw. And, you know, them knockdowns, they weren't even knockdowns, I was just off balance, I couldn't, I couldn't really stand them with two feet. But yeah, man, you know, we'll go again. I was so close, Everybody seeing how good I am. But we'll go again next year, man.
0: Yeah, you're talking about the, the short notice, we were all watching from ringside, we were all cheering you on We were gutted that you couldn't see those last three rounds out, because like you say, you dropped him, you were on top. Do you think you've come away from that fight, though, Zelfa, with a, a higher stock, despite the defeat? Do you think more people are talking about Zelfa Barrett heading into 2023?
4: Yeah, of course, because I've, I've proven how good I am, and I've proven what I can, my, my levels and my ability. And off five and a half weeks' notice, that's what I can produce. And we're against a guy that everyone was kind of not really wanting to fight, meant to be, you know, I'm a killer in, in our weight division. You know, I went out there and showed show what I can do, you know. And, you know, people think and boxing experts, if they know boxing, they know what when you're fighting for a world title you're getting twelve to ten weeks' notice. The normal that's the normal thing and what I've what I've shown in the short safe space of time is wow, look what he's done, look what he can do. You know, and every single round I bring entertainment, I'm always landing big shots, big punches, big counters, you know, and so when you're watching me, everyone's eyes are peeled. Even Devin Haney was, was locked in. You know, so, you know, I, I know what I bring to the table and I, I spoke to um, you know, the the matching team in Eddie and Frank Smith and whatnot, and you know, I, I, I want to go back into straight into a big fight because, you know, 2023, i I'll be a world champion, and I believe I, will, I really do believe it. So, you know, get me straight back into a world title eliminator. You know, I don't need no confidence fight. You know, I, I, I got defeated by an injury, you know, which he inflicted, of course, but it ain't nothing where I need to be down about or I need some sort of confidence. I've took nothing but, but confidence from this fight because I know what I'm capable of doing, and you know, as a fighter, people can call you world level. And say, Oh, you're you, you're that good, but it's when you actually get in the ring and fighting for that world title belt, you know your levels and you know he didn't make me feel like I was fighting for a world title. Like it's world level. I know I made him feel like, Wow, this is world level. Wow, this is this is what the power feels like on world level. So, you know, I, I know what to bring to the table next year.
0: Well it looks like elsewhere in the division, obviously Joe Cordina, I believe he's gonna fight. Rakimov, as he looks to become a two-time world champion. Looking at that fight stylistically, how do you see that going and who do you want to win that fight?
4: Um, course, I want Joe to win. You know, he's British, you know, and um, you know, I know Joe personally, and I want him to win because, you know, if he, if he wins, I'll fight him. You know, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big domestic British world title fight, you know, and with two fighters that have skill and ability, you know, and there's not many big British domestic title fights with fighters that good. You know, around. So you know, um I want Joe to win, and I believe if he, I believe he, he has to box him, that's that's my opinion. I believe he has to box him and move his feet. If he don't move his feet, I believe it will cause him a bit of a bit of frustration. But if he moves his feet, Joe, and just boxes, you know, it will beat him. I, I've shown the blueprint how to beat this guy. So you know, listen, uh, he's a knowledgeable fighter. He's a knowledgeable person. He'll take that into consideration and you know and, and implement his own style but nick a little bit
0: no 100 percent. we're all hoping that joe comes through that fight and we'd love to see a big fight in in manchester or cardiff between the two of you next year let's get to the uh the business part of why you're on the show today Zelfa. it's the quiz the dance partners quiz essentially you get 30 seconds to name as many of your opponents <laughs> as you can um is that a bit of a nervous laugh there are you feeling the pressure of on this one
4: Listen, I've had like thirty fights now, so I don't have a. I'm just gonna roll with. I'm gonna roll with the punches, as they say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, what we're gonna do, Zelf, We're gonna count down from 3-2-1, right, and then you'll go straight into it. So, are you ready?
4: I'm ready, but but I will say I've boxed some of these opponents twice, so
0: that is counted. It-
2: that is only one point, I'm afraid, so
0: Terms and conditions, that's a small print, mate. One point.
2: George Groves thought he had a couple of points in a bag with uh, Carl Froch when he'd done this quiz, and it was only one point, so...
0: Oh, nah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Are you
4: ready? Yes us Okay, it.
0: three, two, one, go.
4: So Rakimov, Bruno Torimo, Christian Lake, Damien um Liam Woodstock, Jordan McCorey, a guy called Chris. I don't know his second name. Um, uh, Bring by back the years. I can't think. Chris. Um, Joe Biden.
0: Um, That's time. Times Alpha. So alpha. How do, you, how do you think? Oh you're bef- man, I think I've got too many punches in, the, in my career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right uh, Scott is just reading the official scorecard to me. Here we go.
2: Zelfa Barrett, you scored seven.
0: Seven, geez. Thought seven. <laughs>
4: se-
0: <laughs> we'll call it 17. We'll call it 17.
4: <laughs> Yo, call that 17, man. I've had a lot of
0: fights. We'll let you off. I, mate, look, it's about, on the spot, you know, I think you're in the car coming back from your Christmas shopping, so yeah. you know, you're not in the best position to sort of sit here no, and start running. And I
4: know, for to you, Mac, you, definitely have box record. Don't care. <laughs> Max,
0: he's a box record. Do you know what? Maxie's texts texting me every day, I think, asking me if he's still top of the league. So, Zelfa, I hope you have a lovely Christmas with your little one and your family. Um, no doubt you'll be in some, some big nights next year. We look forward to seeing you back. And uh, yeah, have a lovely Christmas and we'll see you very soon. Thanks for coming on. Thank
4: you. You, you too. You in the matching team or whatnot. No doubt I'll be, I'll be back with a big fight.
0: Well, due to the busy period over Christmas, as it always is. Last minute Christmas shopping. Our guest on Ringside Reflection on that segment of the show unfortunately can't make it today, which means we've got a little bit of time to kill before we bring in our final guest, which is, of course, unbeaten cruiserweight talent, Jordan Thompson. Scott, I've got an idea. How about we do our Christmas wish list? Five fights that you want to see next year. Five matrim fights, just just so the listeners are clear and they don't stitch me up and have a go at me for not mentioning certain ones. I suppose they can be realistic, fantasy. Uh, do you want to have a second just to
2: think about that? I've got a second thinking about Christmas shopping first, because <laughs> you mentioned that and I've not even started yet. you oh two oh three days away, so that's in the back of my mind. Oh, okay, so five fantasy fights, matchroom-related, wish list for 2023, right?
0: Yeah, I've got a few in my head. I've been sitting there just quickly. I'm on our website. I've got it in front of me, just trying to look for oh, It's nice quickly. to see you've got a
2: head start on this. All right, yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to start with a bang. Go on i bet you I've got a Should we get one. the obvious one out of the way? Yeah. I suppose the obvious one we spoke about the last few weeks on the pod is Taylor Serrano 2. percent At Croke Park. I think that is the fight for Katie. That is the fight for Croke Park. So that, in no particular order, I'm yeah. going to throw that in first, get the obvious one out of the way. Taylor Serrano 2. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's on one, your list as that's well? That's
0: on my five. Yeah. Go on, you go next. Um, I'm thinking of some silly ones, but I'm also thinking... <laughs> one, I think that would be a... One fight I do want to see, I think with, with boxing... You have to be realistic when you look at the heavyweight landscape. Anthony Joshua, when you look at the next moves of, you know, we saw the news within the last 24 hours that, I, I don't know if it's verbal, is it, that, that Tyson Fury's agreed to fight Alexander Rusik next. You Joe Joyce is probably further up the pecking order than AJ at the moment in that, in that triangle. So I think for AJ, the logical fight is Dillian White at Wembley Stadium. I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch at some point in the summer.
2: You up for that? Yeah, just a little bit. And I guess as well, the the timing could be great for an outdoor event. We're, what, end of December now? Three or four months down the line, starts to get a little bit sunnier. But you can never be too uh, sure in the UK weather. I think it's logical, like you say, you know, the belts are going to be tied up for a while now. The winner of that would catapult themselves almost next in line, surely. I know there's mandatories backlogging up. Um, That being said, the belts probably will fragment. Maybe it could become for a vacant title. You don't know what's going to happen, really. You know, don't forget Hergovic's Dewey's shot at the IBF. I think Dubois now mandated for the WBA. Yeah. So it's a lot going on in the heavyweight mix. And who knows? It could be a full world title. I think it's always a
0: bit of a gamble doing a stadium show at any time of year in this country. I think I will say fair play to to Frank Warren for pulling off the one in December. I think I saw an in interview the other week. It was quite brave to do a stadium show in December, but, uh, but it came off and it turned out to be a good night of boxing for the fans as well. So let's move on to... What, so that's two fights, Taylor Serrano two doing and five Joshua White yeah. two. We're doing five each, so that's, okay. not, that's
2: not on my list.
0: I've got another one in my head, should I blur it out straight away?
2: Now let's go, let's, let's alternate this, so I'm going to have a little crack. All right, um, go I'm going to be slightly a little bit different. I'm going to say, now that Inoue is conquered at 118, he's going to move up to super bantamweight. We've got uh, MJ, the unified world champion, Akhmadliev. Akhmadliev, Inoue, could be fireworks. That's a great fight.
0: Yeah, Oh, yeah, I wasn't. That's a that's a very logical uh, a logical uh, choice, Scott. And I think showing your boxing knowledge and expertise, uh, looking ahead at the landscape. That's a that's an interesting one. Do you think um, there
2: will become a point where Inoue moves up too far, like a bit like Chocolatito, in a way? When he Maybe. lost to Rungvisai, you know, you take them little steps, but actually sooner or later you're going to come unstuck against someone who's a little bit bigger.
0: Well, I'd love to watch him live. I think another thing for my list is a Japan show. Any danger? Is that that in the pipeline?
2: Who knows, but I have seen Inoue in in the flesh more than once. Uh, I flew over to Tokyo when he wiped out McDonnell in the first round, and I had the, I was going to say pleasure, or was it displeasure, of trying to get the belt back off Inoue after the fight to return back to Jamie McDonnell. Mm. Language barrier? A little bit like that, yeah. (laughs) I had to go in a dressing room. There must have been, I don't know, 100 journos in there. It was pretty much a press conference going on, and Jamie McDonnell was leaving to go to the airport. I had to gate crash, it's probably on YouTube. I've never watched it back. <laughs> gate crashed the, uh, the press conference, got the belt back, shook his hand, and said, uh, We'll see you very soon with Ryan Burnett in the World Boxing Super Series. And everyone looked at me, and I walked out with the WBA World title. I'm sure he remembers that, I know. mate. He's, he's got a picture <laughs> of it. He's got a picture of it he's his wall, I think.
0: Okay, let me throw one in there. Uh, I'm just trying to have a think. I've been typing a couple out um, just so I remind myself. Okay, Alan Babich versus Oscar Rivas for the WBC at World Time. Okay,
2: that is a theme of one of mine. So I don't know if you saw overnight, there's been a, uh, a movement in Oscar Rivas's next fight. So he's pulled out of his fight against, um, what's the guy's name from top rank? I can't think of his name, the heavyweight. He's pulled out of an eye injury anyway. Apparently he's going to be out for a while. So I've got down Babich Miri, which was ordered as a final eliminator. So with Rivas moving up to heavyweight, does he get stripped by the WBC? Is he now injured and can't defend the belt? So he is moving up, is he? Well, he moved up for this fight, this okay. heavyweight fight. I can't think, I can't think of the bloody guy's name top of my head. Um, I think it might have even been in early Jan. It, you know, it was, it was relatively soon, but he, he pulled out for injury yesterday. So I don't know if he gets stripped by the WBC for going up a weight. Interesting, or if his injury now prevents him defending that so you said Rivas I've gone with Miri either way we want to see Adam Babbage fight ASAP for a world title I mean <laughs> it's just kind of 20 fights right uh, imagine um
0: you know the make the days count series that we're, we're trying to build into a bit of a behind the ropes style showtime access all areas obviously all the, all the big ones that's our version we're trying to turn it into a household name next year with behind the scenes access documentary build up programming and go into Croatia I think going to the club where Alan Babic used to be a bouncer and I think it'd be fantastic to to get over to Croatia and, and do that with him.
2: I, I actually saw Alan Babic last week in Dubai. I went over to watch him spar um, and it's safe to say he, he just wants to fight anyone. After the spar, he basically called for anyone who was watching around the ring to jump in because <laughs> he wanted to do more rounds. And this guy, Jamie, correct me if, you know, if I'm wrong or if you've heard anyone else, He's the only boxer I can think of who's openly said I want to get knocked out. Yeah,
0: I had a good chat with him once, and he was that, that. Actually, that people might think on the face of it that he's just trying to be funny or that sounds stupid, but I actually asked him about that once after he. I can't remember. I think it was after he won a fight at the O2, and he said, "My life's never been perfect, so why should my record be?" And I think when you think about it like that, you can sort of see where he's coming from. But I 100% agree. I think he is the only fighter who said that he wants to lose. And he welcomes a challenger. He wants someone to come in and, and knock him out. And no one's been able to do that just yet. But Oscar Rivas would certainly be, or whoever it is, if it is merely a big step up. But I'd love to see Alan uh, win a version of a world title. <laughs> yeah. uh, incredible, really. So that's three each, two to go. Yeah, we we'll, we'll sort of we drew a parallel on that one. Uh, Callum Smith versus Joshua
2: Boatzi. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've spoken about this before in a previous episode about wouldn't be too comfortable um, watching that. Got a lot of respect for both guys, like both guys. I, for, for I don't like, know how likely that is to happen, but I, I would love to see it. I kind of feel with that, let them just go their own way and meet up in the middle. Mm. Like Why sort of derail one of their hopes now where, you know, a year down the line, Callum Smith can fight for the WBC world title, defend it. Um, be, a, be a good fight. I wouldn't like to pick it. Um, as you've dropped Boazzi I might as well drop my next one, which involves Boazzi Boazzi Bivol. oh Hear me out.
0: Okay. I've got Bivol one of mine, so
2: <laughs> So I think Canelo's coming off an injury. Yeah. He's you know, recovering and whatnot. I would imagine, you know, Canelo Bivol is it's gonna happen, whether it be this year or next year, that is gonna happen in the next three or four fights. I get the impression, and this is just a complete hunch, that Canelo could fight at Super Middleweight again next. Um and that might lead bivol to have an interim fight i say interim because he's obviously waiting to see what happens between peterbiev and yard he wants to become undisputed so he'll be eyeing up the winner as will callum smith who's mandated to fight peterbiev but that kind of leaves bivol maybe a, a bit of a hole i'm sure he won't want to be inactive to sit, now. yeah sitting out until the back end of summer so you know look i think there was talks before with with both of them but i think it'd be a very good fight you know don't forget bwatsi is a very 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 good boxer and so is bivol so it could, could be quite a technical affair. But, you know, if anyone's to beat him, you know, you never know. Well, I'll
0: give you that choice. I think that maybe we'll call it another parallel, will we? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Okay. Um, now, I've sort not cheated. Don't ever go at me. I've got a few down. I'm going to have to pick one. Oh, one, yeah. I'm going to have to pick one from the three that do you, I've not seen. Do you want a
2: minute? Do you want me to dive in with my fifth one whilst you mull it over? I think what? I know
0: what it is. Go on. Terry Harper versus Natasha Jonas. Ooh. For the marbles at 154 pounds. Yeah, I didn't
2: think of that. We've mentioned this on the pod a few times before as well. We're currently at HQ, Frank Smith's office, what, 100 yards away from, where, from where the uh, <laughs> no, If anything, we should be shouting from the rooftops. It's, what, two days before Christmas and we're at the office. Don't see anyone else here, mate.
0: No, well, I, I don't think Eddie will mind me saying this. Um, after a show, Eddie's got a bit of a tactic to see who's in the office. And around about 8.45am on the Monday, there'll be a text that says, Coffee anyone? And I think I've sort of figured out in my, in my years here that that's his gaze to find out who's in the office. So I, what we should have done is sent a coffee anyone text to Eddie this morning
2: um, to see it because he's not here today. So Wait, you can hear the, the silence <laughs> We're the last two soldiers <laughs> ahead of cracking on. But no, I mean, go back onto the fight. Unbelievable fight. Literally blood, guts and thunder. I think that's one of my catchphrases. I've realized I say that a lot. Great fight, you know. One, the first fight you're yeah, referring to, yeah, yeah, brilliant fight. um Obviously, promotional differences now, which would need to be resolved. But when you have world champions at the same weight from the same country, you'd like to think that could be pushed aside for the the good of both ladies. And
0: Terry looks strong at one five four against against Hannah Rankin. I'm no disrespect to Hannah. I think that the Jonas fight is a much tougher fight. But you know, I think Terry she looks strong that way, and it'd be interesting to see. Uh, See how she would hold up against Tasha.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. When you look at a picture of Terry, to see the difference. Ah, transformation. Or, or, yeah. I suppose it's, uh, it's the Shout arms. out to
0: Danny Wilson as well.
2: Uh, yeah, it's the arms that are noticeable for me. You do a side-by-side comparison. But like frame, maybe not... I don't know. I'm not an expert in this thing by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. But yeah, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the difference from Super Feather was it? Yep. Up It's Super 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 a crazy difference. In what, a year? Or yeah. If that. Insane. Which well, shows you, though, Terry obviously said the bound defeat. of the feet, there was an element of the weight making which went against it and when you kind of put it like that you can maybe see why
0: if you can hear a little um rumbling noise in the background that is the groundskeeper at matchroom hq his name's not
2: Willie. on a, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> on, a on a lawnmower i think he's just finished doing the uh doing the garden um
2: my last shout is going to be canelo versus john Ryder. Again, oh yeah didn't it, think of that i kind of feel like you know john deserves a hundred percent john deserves a big payday Canelo fighting in London would be pretty epic. To be fair,
0: he's been around. i can't believe how long John's been around. I remember I was doing some digging on the match from YouTube, and I think I went sort from oldest to newest. And I'm pretty sure one of the the top, top, the earliest three videos was a John Ryder interview. So that that just shows you how how long he's uh, he's been around. Such a lovely bloke. I know it's so easy. To say that and I know we've coated him a little bit on the podcast for, for his performance on the Dance Partners Leaderboard, but one of the nicest blokes, great family man, who just like you say, so deserves that, that night, I think.
2: Yeah, deserves a night, deserves look, let's not beat around the bush, deserves the payday as well, you know. Yep. Like you say for everything he's he's been through in his career, arguably could have won a world title, should have won the world title. I'll leave that for you to decide. Um but it'd be good to you know, for him in this sort of back end of his career to sort of sail off into the sunset in a you know, a couple of years. So, yeah, good luck to him. I hope it happens. Obviously, not a fan of Arsenal, but for him to, to get that shot at the Emirates would be great. We was on a train with... was you, we, No, you weren't with me. You was with some relatives in Leeds. I got a train back with another member of staff who I can't remember. Apologies if you're listening. <laughs> with John Ryder after Warrington and... Um, Lopez. Lopez the other the other day uh, on the Sunday morning. And John sort of turned to me and went, Scott, look out the window. I looked, looked around and it was the Emirates. Yeah, so oh, I mate, sort no. of put my thumb down, but John had a proper glint in his eye. You couldn't like make that shit up. So, mm. yeah, it'd be great to see that happen sort of in May, June time, fingers
0: crossed. 100%. And just, for, I think, in the UK to have Canelo here would be incredible. I mean, I've, I've spoke to, to Canelo about it before. What uh, right, mate. To, listen, <laughs> yeah, I was, what, what, was going to say, listen to me. Got his number. Uh, no, listen to me. But no, I think one of the last times I interviewed him, I talked to him about fighting in the UK and he said 100% it's on the bucket list. Um, and why wouldn't he? When you look at the, the footage of the atmosphere of the big stadium fights, you know I'm sure that's something that, um, that he'd want to be a part of and would always remember as well. So I think when you look at the fights we've just listed, somewhat off the cuff, I maybe cheated a little bit towards the end, but I think if we can see uh, half of them,
2: we'll have a good year next year. Over to the matchmakers to crack on. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Well, Jordan, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a, a few months since... The dramatic, dramatic fight—the ending to the fight with Vasil yeah. Dukar. How do you look back that now? Because I remember talking to you in the bar after the fight, and we had almost yeah. a little bit of a heart-to-heart. I think I might have had a couple of lagers yeah. when I was trying to uh, give you my five yeah, Ps right worth that. on on that <laughs> night. But um, how do you look back on that now, and what do you think you were able to to take positively from that experience? Um, I mean,
5: tough ones. Take something positive from it. Clutching, mate. I mean, it was one of those. I think it was good for me to we got the rounds in. Everyone wanted to see me get some rounds in. Apart from me, <laughs> we, we got the rounds in. Um, so that was good. We went the championship rounds and, and stuff like that. It was good to get the experience. Obviously, faced a bit of adversity at the end. That was also a, a good thing to overcome. Um, but obviously, hindsight's an amazing thing. And obviously, looking back. There were areas where I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy going into the fight. With, 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 I think the mindset, more than anything, wasn't right. And obviously there was a few things going on, but I'm, I'm just not really one to to make excuses. But there were some positives to take from it. There was some good work done in spurts. Um, I think we just went around there, went went about it the wrong way, to be fair. But no, it's good to look back, learn, and that's exactly what we've done. And, and we're putting those things right. So, no, man, it's still moving forward. I think it puts us in good stead anyway.
0: Well, in terms of of the mindset, how is your mindset now, mate? Heading into 2023, and I guess how much has that been down to the link up with with Brian Peters as well, and, and what he's given you?
5: i not big, but I mean, Brian Peters and Thomas they've done a, they've done an amazing job for me, an amazing job for me, and they've they put me in positions and given me opportunities that. A couple of years ago, I never thought I'd have. So uh, I'm just blessed to be in the position that I'm in with, with those guys. And I think the mindset going forward, it's just it's just all about you know what more than anything, it's just about preparation. It's just about preparation, making sure you prepare diligently, doing everything that you can do. And and it's just see, the three main things that I've been after is just consistency, routine, and structure. And and those are the things that we've been working on with my team. We make sure they're in place. And in 2023, it's going to be the, the year of Jordan Thompson. I think I can definitely say that.
0: Hundred percent. Last week, just looking at the division, we saw Chris billum Smith in another dramatic final moment to, yeah, to his man. fight, move, hey. a, move a step closer to to a world title shot. Did Did you watch that? What did you make of it?
5: I did, I did, I did, I did watch that. Um, I just another classic Chris billum Smith fight, man. Chris billum Smith always gives you a, your value for money, let's say, um, but entertaining, man, entertaining. Good to and from. He got caught early on. I think that woke him up. To be fair, more than anything, I think he thought, yeah, let's not let that happen again. And then he just got straight to it and, and, and got him out of there in good fashion. To be fair, um, very good fashion. So, yeah, man, it was good to see him. Good to see him get him out of there. And he, he's obviously now a step closer for that world title shot. I think he's. I don't know how to say the guy's name. Was it Jai Ap- the tire
2: Correct. I think you're a spawner.
5: Yeah, that's well. I like that. I'll take that. But yeah, so I think he's fighting him next, which will be will be an interesting one. But I think he deserved his. He deserves his shot. That's for sure. He's going at the hard way, so. Yeah, it'd be good to see him get in there and get in the mix, but like, like for, for myself, I'm, I'm just keen to get in that mix as well, so I think next year we've got to put the foot on the grass, no breaks, and just, and just go for it.
0: Yeah, what is the on, on the agenda for you then, Jordan, obviously, just looking at, are you interested in a big domestic fight, the likes of Isaac Chamberlain or Tommy McCarthy, what, what sort of names yeah, are I mean, you looking at next year?
5: Names. I mean, anyone with a belt, anyone with a ranking in the Cruiserweight division, anyone with a world ranking that is in, in the Cruiserweight division, any of the governing bodies, those are the sort of fights we're looking at. Um, we're looking to push forward. We're looking for the the big title fights. Obviously, domestically, it's, it's thriving right now. It's crazy. Um, obviously, some of them being over the, the other side of the pond might make it a little bit difficult to make. But titles, big fights, big names, and, and world rankings, that's what we want. By the end of I mean, this time next year, in my head and in my plan, I want to be a world world champion. So that's what I'm aiming towards. That's what I'm thinking about before I go to sleep and when I wake up. So that's what's on my agenda.
0: I'm just gonna uh, just gonna hand over to Scott Jordan, who's got some shouts from the fans yeah. uh, over the best things that happened in boxing last week. So I'll throw over to Scott and we can discuss them as well. You ready?
5: Sweet. Yeah. Perfect.
2: Cheers, Jamie. Uh, the first one is a little bit dated, actually, following the news uh, yesterday of Richard Riaqpour's new fight. But I'm going to read it anyway. So Josh Rowlands suggests Chris William smith getting the win. I'd rather see a rematch with Riaqpour than the winner get a world title shot than Chris jumping straight into a world title shot. That yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, Riaqpour now fighting uh, Shishtov Gravatsky. I believe that is the correct pronunciation from when he boxed Lawrence, and I've got yeah. loads and yeah. loads of trouble trying to pronounce that. But that's <laughs> a... Uh, that's a good fight, um, a good fight, an intriguing fight. Um, what do you what do you think of that and that announcement, Jordan?
5: I think that's a good fight. To be fair, I think that's a good fight. I've, I'd heard rumours that, that that was the fight they were they were trying to make. I mean, I, I think Ray Apollo fought a couple of southpaws, only in his last couple of fights, so I knew they were prepping him for a southpaw. Um, I think it's a good a good fight, a good measuring stick. A Coley fought I think that's that is he Coley fought and beat for his, his world title. So that'll be a good fight to gauge where he at Paul's at and, and see how he does with him um, I think he wins I think a bit is a bit past it but he's still a contender he's still a tough individual and he's still very seasoned and experienced so it'd be interesting to see how much he gets on with him but I think he'll get him out of there I think he'll get him out of there
2: Next shout is um, from various actually um, and the news that Fury and Usyk seems closer than ever
0: Well Jordan I believe I'm right in saying mm-hmm. you've sparred both haven't you? I have
5: yeah wow. I've, I've shared the ring with both of them so that yeah that's I would love to be in that fight as well.
0: Well, you've been <laughs> uh, no, that's you've thing. been up close and personal. How, how, what what makes each fighter special, and, and how do you see that going? Should they meet?
5: Um, so, th- I mean, this fight more than anything. I think with both of these guys, apart from your obviously skill set and stuff like that, it's the men- it's the m- mentality and the mindset. I think that separates those two apart from the rest. And I think that's why I'm so intrigued to see that clash of styles and how it and how it matches up because. It's, that really is going to be a chess match. That's going to be a chess match, and they do say I have a feeling as well it might come down to it. They say a good big and always beats a good little, and I know I remember really little, but <laughs> compared to Fiori, E6 not not exactly big. So I think I think fiori comes out on top with that one there.
2: Uh, The last shout is from Joel underscore AFC92. I've just realised that's probably Arsenal. Arsenal, yep. um, Which I'm not a fan of. Um, And and Joel shouts out, the first words from Canelo on a potential fight with Ryder in the UK is the best thing to happen in boxing last week. It would be special to see the pound-for-pound king on these shores. Yeah, I
0: think from a boxing fan's perspective, Jordan, we were talking about this a little bit earlier on, but what would it mean to see Canelo boxing in the UK, first of all? And also, do you think John Ryder... Could cause the upset. It would be a big ask, but could he do it?
5: It'd be a massive ask, but I mean, I mean, no one really deserves. I mean, if you know boxing and you know John Ryder, you know of his story and, and how he's come up. He's he definitely done it the hard way, and I think no one's really more deserving of, of that shot than him. So I'm happy that he's got that shot finally. And to have Canelo over in, in in the UK, that'd be massive, absolutely massive. I mean, boxing at the minute is is absolutely amazing in the UK. So to have him over there for it the, for the UK fans and whatnot. It would be it would be special. It would be special. But yeah. John Riley to pull off the upset, that that would be even more special. So yeah, it'd be a good spectacle though, that's for sure.
0: hundred percent echo all of those thoughts. Jordan, I have just got a wash. Have you have you started your Christmas shopping yet?
5: I I'm gonna be honest and I am gonna let you know that I have not done a single bit of Christmas shopping yet. Jordan but, it's, it's not yet. Yeah, we've still got a few days. We still, you know, we're in the championship rounds again. I've got to get it right this time. I'm going to make it happen over the. I'm going to make it happen over the next couple
0: of days. No doubt. No I doubt. Hope, I hope your girlfriend's not been. listening to this, mate. Oh, you know, that, honestly,
5: no, I I haven't got a girlfriend. That I can say like, on live. That I can say on like on live, on live podcast, live radio. So yeah. But um, but nice. No, the, the the family I've got to take care of, ASAP and the grandma. Actually, no, I've got the grandma some some stuff. So we're good on that. We're good on that.
0: Good stuff, Jordan. So, yeah, I, uh,
5: family, good
0: I hope you have a lovely Christmas, mate, with your family. It's yeah, always great you, to catch up, and um, looking forward to to seeing you back in some big fights in 2023. Rejuvenated, fresh mindset, and uh, and That's coming it. in strong for all the big names in 2023. Can't wait.
5: No doubt, Jamie. Always a pleasure catching up, mate. Always a pleasure. Hope you have a good Christmas too. And you, Scott. Cheers, mate. Top See man. Soon. Speak soon, pal. Goodbye. Have a good one.
0: Well, thanks as always for listening to Flash Knockdown 13 episodes. In the Bag brings a conclusion to Series One. It's been a privilege. And thanks as always to our guests, David Diamante, Jordan Thompson, Terry Harper, Zelfa Barrett, and our fellow producer, Scott Hamilton, man of the people, Scott. Thanks. Do you have, do you have any words to add, Scott? I normally don't give you an opportunity, but. I want here to we thank go. my
2: mum and dad. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you, Jamie. Have we done uh, brilliant? I've enjoyed the 13 episodes and look forward to, to seeing who we can get on uh, series series two because as we mentioned off uh, microphone a minute ago we've had some good guests on to be fair very good the pressure's on
0: very good but season two come in early in 2023 we wish you all a very very merry Christmas a happy new year we'll see you in that new calendar year 2023 is going to be a big one bring it on